Maine, a place where you can find breathtaking scenery from sandy beaches, ice cap mountains, and pristine lakes. A place you can enjoy a delicious lobster while sipping on one of Maine's finest craft brews and saving room for a blueberry pie. But the one thing many people may not know about Maine is the artistry and craftsmanship that comes with the culture of this beautiful state. From the Industrial Revolution to now, Maine has continued to build its economy through makers, and there are hundreds of them. Maine has makers that can handcraft a high-quality piece of wood furniture where the joinery fits like a glove. So a skirt made with plant-based fabric with a New England-made machine that was invented in 1881. Make a mean mustard through a cold grind process made in the same mill since 1900, and much more. Join me for a journey through the lives of makers from across Maine to hear how they get down with their craft. I'm Christian Vermeulen, and this is Makers of Maine. Imagine yourself seeing the views off the coast of Maine, off a cliff. And on this cliff is a beautiful, luxurious building filled with history, culture, and art. Cliff House Resort, which is located in Agunquit, holds a history of times in the war, as it was used by the military as a base to oversee the ocean for enemies. And now it has turned into a luxurious resort that is family-friendly and helps promote the Agunquit culture. The resort showcases local artists and photographers, including the artist-in-residence, Rick Della Bernarda, fashion illustrator turned plein air artist, after chatting with Rick, I found out that Agunquit has a history of artists who have a focus on plein air art, and there are even museums who showcase this work. Rick's goal is to bring that craft back to life. He studied at the Fashion Institute of Art in New York City, and after his time being a fashion illustrator, he found his true calling, oil painting. He attended painting courses in Italy, where his family is from, and his career built from there. But his true passion is teaching folks how to go about the plein air process. His first teaching experience was with his niece, and now he holds his own workshops at Cliff House Resort. I highly enjoyed taking a trip down to Agunquit with Francis Mahoney, whom you all may have heard of through the Makers of the Lens series. We were taking on the coastal roadways in a brand new 2021 Toyota Prius, which I highly enjoyed. I never thought I would enjoy an eco-friendly vehicle, but to have a navigation system tell you when your gas is running out and where the closest gas station is, it is a must-have. It is a great vehicle to travel in. Also, it was quite roomy as I had to lug around with all my podcast equipment. If you didn't know, Berlin City Auto Group is focusing more on eco-friendly options in terms of vehicles, bikes, and much more. I'm happy to be partnering with them on the episode and showcasing their eco-friendly efforts and offerings when it comes to vehicles. Thank you to Berlin City for introducing me to the Prius and really just introducing eco-friendly options in the great state of Maine. This is my first time at the Cliff House and Francis and I had a lovely time enjoying the food and beverages at Nubble Light and the Tiller Restaurant. We also stayed in a fabulous guest room with a remarkable view of the ocean right from the deck off our room. But what I enjoyed the most was viewing the art and chatting with Rick. A resort that has a passion for craft in our great state of Maine is right up my alley. I'm actually organizing a Maine Makers Monday event, which is happening one Monday of every month. And I can't wait to introduce more craftspeople to the guests staying at the resort. Now, let's get to it. Let's talk craft with Rick Della Bernarda. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Makers of Maine today. We have the lovely Rick. Uh, thank you so much, Rick, uh, for being on Makers of Maine and really just talking about your uh, time here at Cliff House as well as just time here in Maine. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So the first question I typically start off with is, uh, what is your craft and what inspired you to start it? Sure. I am an oil painter, a plein air painter primarily, but I also do a lot of studio work. And I've been painting for about, you know, 25 years yeah. uh, off and on, but really have concentrated in the past, you know, probably five years in, in my craft. And I teach a lot of plein air painting, which is outdoor painting for the listeners that may not know what it is, but it's really <laughs> taking in the entire landscape. And I have a beautiful... Um, you know, scenery here right in southern Maine that's been painted by so many famous painters. Uh, and uh, so I teach classes here at the Cliff House, uh, plein air classes, as well as maintain my own private studio here. Wow. So how did you get into oil painting? Like, did you do it at school for it? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I started my career as a fashion illustrator. Wow. Um, back when you used to see, you know, drawings in the newspaper for clothing yeah. and for a department store, I studied at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New mm -hmm. York City. And after that, I moved to, uh, I was working at uh, a couple different department stores in New England. Uh, one was England Brothers, the other one was Steiger's uh, oh, out wow. of Springfield, Massachusetts. And literally, you just had a, a table, uh, very few supplies, you're kind of locked in this closet, <laughs> and they bring up the clothes or, you know, pots and pans, everything that we did. Um, and uh, you would just illustrate all day. Wow. And uh, from there, I went down to Lutkins, which is also a, a department store, higher end. And uh, I had an aptitude for numbers and business. So, you know, I advanced my career and eventually had held senior positions in wow. marketing for apparel companies. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah, crazy. So that, but that's how I started. But when you uh, are taking fashion illustration at FIT, you have to take a painting class right. uh, or a couple painting classes. And the most interesting thing that I've learned uh, over time painting is that painting is not drawing. And that's one of the things that I do teach in my classes, uh, as you know, because you took mm -hmm. a class. Yes, I did. Thank yeah. you so much for that. <laughs> um, you know, painting is not drawing. It's not, you know, tracing something uh, on a canvas and filling it in. You're actually painting light. Mm -hmm. um, and I speak in values and a value of a color because, you know, some of the most beautiful paintings that you see, you know, may not even have a lot of color on it, but it has values within, yeah. the, within the color palette that they're using. And um, that took a very long time to learn. I'm sure. And for amateur painters out there that may be listening, <laughs> you know, please take that to heart. It's not how tight you can do it. I really do not want to reproduce a photo. You right. Know, and, uh, you know, you can work from photos or various photos, multiple photos for the same painting. Um, but really what you're looking at is light. Mm -hmm. Wow. And would you say like starting off in illustration and then kind of going into the painting world, is there a relationship there? Were there skills that you kind of already had that kind of helped grow and mold you into the painter you are today? Yes. I mean, I do believe you have to have some drawing elements within, you know, painting. You have to understand perspective. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that I really had to let go a lot of that uh, to be able to become a good painter. Yeah. I also, as part of my uh, studying my craft, I did 
um, attend the Florence Academy of Art uh, mm. in Florence, Italy for wow. a summer. Uh, and they really, ha- you know, uh, teach traditional uh, painting like they painted in the Renaissance. Right. No electric lights. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, very rough tools. and uh, But it really makes you think about how to paint. Right. So. Wow. That's amazing. T- tell me a little bit more about that experience being that in was Italy. Fa- yeah, that was f- fantastic yeah. because um, I actually have family in Italy, so really? I travel there quite often yeah. and I'm fluent in Italian. And, uh, you know, I've admired the paintings that came out of there uh, and they started a workshop uh, probably about five years ago, um, you know, which runs over the summer, actually several times during the year. And you lived there. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to school full time, wow. you know, walked a mile and a half to get to class. Jeez. And but it was it was a wonderful experience because I was in Florence, Italy. I spoke the language. But more importantly, you know, you really dedicated full time uh, to learning, you know, uh, classical painting. Right. Uh, so we did a lot of portraiture still life, um, you know, life painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was a fantastic experience, and I would recommend it to anyone. Wow. And so why plein air? Like, why yeah. get into that focus? Because it sounds like you've kind of touched on variety of different right. types of styles of painting. So why that? I, th- I think partly where I live. Mm-hmm. I, I live in Maine, um, and southern Maine really... Uh, has so many beautiful scenes to see and we have seasons here so I I, I love doing snow as much as I do like doing the fall but we have the ocean right and uh, especially at the cliff house where I hold uh, my plein air classes the bald cliff Mm -hmm. uh, bald head cliff is has been painted by so many famous people and it's just I mean it's just exquisite yes uh, it is to look at yeah so at the cliff house there's many many scenes here um, that I can take but I I think really um, it's where I live. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really Maine. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's my first time in a gunquit yeah. and I can see why, yeah. like you'd want to go that route. Yeah. And, and yeah. a gunquit is, you know, Charles Woodbury started a school here, uh, in the early 1900s and it was really an artist colony. Yeah. A gunquit got started as an artist colony and a fishing colony, right? Yeah. And, um, he actually offered, um, classes, which was a, a, a different alternative or another alternative to classical, you know, schooling in Boston. Right. And um, many, many people came up here. Uh, but he is, you know, I really want to follow in his footsteps because yeah. over the years, you know, um, the artists have dwindled away and there's, right. you know, very few artists that are really represented in a gunquit. So, I have it as a personal mission to really promote painting, and yeah. especially plein air painting, mm-hmm. and uh, within this area, a Gunquit area. And I thank the Cliff House for you know housing my program. Yeah, and so does this school still exist? No, 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 no. This was in the early 1900s, gotcha. um, and there are you know some groups uh, still in a Gunquit. Um, but, uh, you know, I really want to raise awareness, especially mm-hmm. to plein air painting. Yeah. Um, and really promote it. And how have you been doing at other than having these wonderful workshops at Cliff House? I mean, are there museums in the local area that you partner with? Like, what are some things you've been doing? Oh, sure. So I run my own gallery mm-hmm. uh, and studio out of my home. Um, I converted my garage and wow. uh, <laughs> I have that open because... I also find, although I, I love showing my work here at the Cliff House, um, you know, people 
being able to go to the home of the artist and see his own studio I'm also, sure. um, you know, adds another layer to it, which is interesting. Yeah. So I maintain that. I'm a member of the Kittery Art Association mm. um, and participate in shows as well as the Yard, uh, York Art Association. Wow. So you're like doing everything, yeah. doing so uh, much. <laughs> right. And then there's also um, Plain Air um, Association of Maine. They call it P A. Oh, really? I didn't even and know that. I coordinate paint outs here in Southern Maine, uh, mm. which anybody can attend that belongs or just hears wow. about it. And it's just really a group of people that get together. Um, you know, I coordinate the location and the time yeah. and whoever shows up. And it's just really great to paint with other painters. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. So would you say that um, this is sort of the second chapter of, of your career? Because I know you started in fashion. Oh, and yes. then it's like, okay, you, you took a break and you're, you're deciding to do this. Like, what made you want to pivot? like sort of the direction of your career and where you wanted to go? Well, I think it was the environment. I mean, I've painted, um, you know, my whole life, but, you know, I had jobs in New York City, um, Laguna Beach, California. Wow. Uh, you know, as well as the Boston area for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I painted, and with COVID, you know, many, many of us had uh, career changes. Yeah. And uh, I maintained a house here for over 25 years in a conquit. Uh, though never really lived here full time off and on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, COVID was the catalyst yeah. uh, to have me really um, move on and really just do my art. You know, many yeah. people, you know, had encouraged me to just do my art over the years. But, you know, when you get into that corporate cycle, right. um, you know, you just kind of get on that train and it's really hard to jump off. I'm sure. So, um, you know, with COVID, uh, you know, you really think about what's important and, yeah. uh, you know, what I really want to do to be happy and, Good for you. and share and, yeah. uh, and teach. And the, the right. thing is not only... I think they, you know, not all artists teach. Yeah. I think that's something I'd like to talk about. Of course. Expand on that. Yeah. So, you know, there are many really fantastic artists mm-hmm. out there. And, uh, but I really love to teach. Yeah. And I've simplified a process um, that I'm able to teach beginner students, mm-hmm. uh, people that have never picked up a paintbrush. Okay? That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you experienced it. So, yes. um, and I'm sure you're very, I was very proud of your painting Thank for you. the first time. I, I was out. too. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I learned one thing that somebody told me, uh, one of my instructors told me at the Florence Academy of Art was mm-hmm. that, uh, you have to, you have to love the process as well as the final result. Right. Right. So yeah. I love paint, painting outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to share that love with other people. Yeah. And I want to simplify um, oil painting, which people find extremely challenging, right. uh, into a level that people can just start to pick it up. Yeah. Uh, because I know a lot of beginning students start off with either watercolor or acrylic because it, it's easier cleanup and there's less supplies. Right, so right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but... You know, oil painting, I think, can be very unforgiving. And, um, you know, it's just a different process. And I really love sharing that. Now, did you, like, study teaching or, you know, do any teaching in your prior career? Really interesting story. (laughs) So the very first class that I taught was to my 8-year-old niece. And my sister was up with her husband. And um, she has a son also who at the time was probably five. And they wanted to go to the beach. He wanted to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And she said, Amira wants to paint with you. And I was like, 
no, 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 I paint in oils, it's too confusing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I have to tell you, that was the very first lesson I taught that was probably like 10 years ago. And, because she's 18 now, and um, we did uh, a side-by-side painting, and I did the step-by-step process with her, and she was, she enjoyed herself, we were out there for three and a half hours, and I still have the painting today, and I have a picture of of her uh, and myself in the studio. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Which is my very first class that I taught. Oh my god. So, ever since then, I really... um, you know, I just had a passion for teaching. Yeah, and, that's amazing. Um, but she, she, she was my first lesson. Wow. Yeah. Does she still paint to this day? With me. That's awesome. <laughs> that's me, such a great does. connection. Like, yeah. it seems like you know, I, I personally felt a connection in terms of your workshop, and like, I get very like taken back. Like, I get very nervous when mm-hmm. it comes to the creative process, yes. and like being very attention to detail. Yeah. I know you mentioned like when you hold a paintbrush, it's sort of like that handshake technique, yeah. right? Yeah, and I'm like, like a pencil, yeah, like a pencil, right. which I typically do right. when I think of painting. I'm like, okay. Um, so kind of walk me through what I, what I try to do is the folks that aren't able to, you know, be at a workshop, you know, being yeah. in that scene. It's like, how can you best describe it to people? And I really want to the take process. them through that journey. Yeah. So the very first thing I do is I have them do a rudimentary sketch uh, with kind of a fat marker um, on paper uh, to just really... Um, get down on paper what they are seeing. And I have them explain that to me because it's really not a a drawing uh, exercise. It's really an observation exercise. Mm -hmm. I want to see what they're seeing. I want to hear what they're seeing. Um, And this would be the elementary, um, or this would be the basis of their, their start of the painting. From there, we actually work in a very limited color palette, and we mm-hmm. do what we call an underpainting. Mm-hmm. And I teach uh, them something about values. Um, and it's really only a couple values, but we want two or three values. Um, and I start off with purple and maybe a little bit of yellow and white. Right. Um, and, you know, many times the underpainting is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I've had students say, well, I don't really want to make the background <laughs> green. I really don't want to touch the, the field there, um, the grass. We're going to leave it purple. Um, and then we, we take a break. Um, and I have the students walk away from their painting mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, I do want the underpainting to settle in for 15 minutes. Right. But more importantly, I want them to have a fresh view when they come back. Yeah. And then when we come back, we, we talk about local color. Mm-hmm. And again, since I teach in values, whether you make your sky purple or right. orange or blue, um, I you know that's really up to the individual person's painting. Yeah. And it gives them their own touch. So although we're all doing the same scene, everybody comes out with something different, yeah. uh, which makes it unique and special. It does. So that's pretty much the po- process. you know. Yeah. And we talk about values and highlighting. And, right. Uh, but the class here at the Cliff House is two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and um, you do a complete oil painting within that time. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. I wish I had more time to do it. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I get that a lot, that they're like, oh, it's over. Because and I also hear a lot of silence, right. which I can see that people are really concentrating and yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but the two and a half hours go so quickly. Right. And um, sometimes I don't want it to be over, so, because I really want you know them to, to really have a good painting when they're leaving. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the feedback that I get, um, the most common feedback is, is you've made me see things differently. Yeah. You know, it's not so much about the painting. It's just like, wow, when I look at the sky, 
I see those values. Right. Um, or when I look at the horizon, yes, it is a little blurry back there. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's really not just about the painting. Mm -hmm. uh, the experience is really about just looking at things and viewing the world a little bit differently. Right. A different lens. Yes. I find that what was really unique about your workshop, too, is that the beginning stages, you know, prior to putting local color into that painting is like creating that roadmap. And I, I love that terminology because yes. I, I associate with it. It's like, right. okay, this is my roadmap. This is what I've laid out. Okay. This is going to be great. You know, the next steps I can come back to it and put some color into right. it. It's like building a house, right? right. And it's like, you're not going to start off with the paint color on the outside and start yeah. painting, but you have to have a structure at the base right. to really kind of map out roadmap everything before you put those final touches yeah. on and I see local color um, because I really feel the underpainting really holds itself mm -hmm. um, and it makes it more interesting right. you know, it, I, I think where I think some beginning artists um, you know uh, may start off in a wrong direction which is gee the sky's blue I'm going to start off with blue right. uh, you don't have to start off with blue yeah. um, you know definitely can just see the value in a different color yeah. and then uh, the the best thing about oil painting is you can change the color. Yeah, so. I found it to be so easy, it seemed yeah. like. You know, I know you mentioned that you paint the canvases orange, like prior to yeah. folks so starting. Yeah, so I do start with a, um, a warm um, mm -hmm. tone on the canvas. Yeah. Um, and that's really to be able to see values against a middle tone. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, whether you're using burnt umber or orange or any type of warm tone, mm -hmm. um, it's a little scary to see a, a canvas that's pure white. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then yeah. put a color on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's intimidating. Um, I'm sure. So the majority of my paintings start with some type of underpainting mm -hmm. um, that's been, uh, you know, uh, you know, toned. The canvas has been toned yeah. uh, prior to me starting. I find that really interesting. I've never, well, yeah. this is my first painting workshop I've yeah. ever done. So I just found it unique because I just pictured it. Okay. It's going to be a white canvas. And I roll in, I'm like, wow, it's orange. And right. also another unique um, thing is uh, the grid that you've laid out. And what is the reasoning for doing yeah. that? So for beginning students, I don't, uh, the scene that we're doing it, and yesterday because we had bad weather, we had to do right. the plein air inside. Yeah. But often when I go outside, I also have a photograph reference, which has mm -hmm. a very simple grid on it. Yeah. And I grid out the canvas for the student, mm -hmm. um, just so we get a an idea of you know kind of perspective and where things are falling within the the scene. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, People that have taken my class, um, you know, will do another scene that we're out there, so because they know the right. process. But I, I think it, it allows, um, it takes kind of the fear away from the drawing elements. Oh yeah, I could see that. And you know, what's also unique too is that you encourage your um, your really participants of your workshop to go and expand on the brushes that they're using, like yes. the type of brushes they're yes. using, and like. And then the colors, like staying within the value, but yes. kind of being a little creative with it too. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting, and I'm sure you saw this, I, I disperse the colors, you know, at different times. Right. You know, when I first started teaching, I put all the colors that we were going to use. And mm -hmm. what I found were people were diving into 
various colors, yeah. um, probably prematurely not understanding the underpainting process. Yeah. Um, so really, I only give you what you need at that time. Right. But I do, you know, during the class, uh, I have an array, you know, you're, you're set up with probably five brushes, uh, but I have another, you know, 50 brushes for you to choose from. <laughs> um, because, you know, each brush gives you a different feel. We yeah. have natural brushes, we have synthetic brushes, we mm-hmm. have different size brushes. Right. And uh, different shaped brushes. Yeah. So, you know, I want the students to feel free and just try another brush. Right. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Be creative with it. Yeah, exactly. I find that I was a little nervous, like, going into it because I was like, oh, man, like, you know, I have to change my position of holding the paintbrush. Right. And then it's like, and you just got to go and attack it and just yeah. do it, right? Yeah. And so, I, oh, man. That's the other thing is, is, you know, again, I find when people hold the brush like a pencil, they're very tentative. Right. And very tight. Right. That's why I try to encourage them to hold it a little bit differently. Yeah. Because I tell my students often, I need paint on the canvas. Right. Right. I need, <laughs> can't be tentative. And I know myself when I get tentative in my paintings, I walk away and take a break. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have to be slightly fearless, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to paint and, and not be afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. I think in art there's no mistakes. Right. Um, I think it's an interpretation uh, of that individual um, right. through a creative process. Yeah. And, you know, yours will be different than mine. Right. It'll be different from someone else. Exactly. So. And... So I know another thing that you taught me, like way at the end of the workshop, um, it was taking the, I forget what the tool, yes, the palette knife and like taking it and really playing around with it. It was like amazing to see that. And I loved it. Yes. Because we're painting a la prima, which means all in one session. Right. Um, you know, the paint can kind of stack up and it's hard Mm -hmm. to use a brush when you want to change the color on top. So, um, using a palette, uh, knife, uh, enables you to put more paint on in an area right. uh, that will stand out. So yeah, I do that for so the unique. highlights. I use that a lot with rocks that I do. Oh, cool! Um, and, uh, and and water also. Yeah, so. such a great like um, yeah. te- different texture, different look. Right. And uh, so, tell me with your creative process, like outside of the workshop, outside mm-hmm. of teaching others. Is it very different when you individually go through your own craft? And- no, I mean, each one of my paintings starts very similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen some of my large work. Yeah. Um, you know, often I start off with a grid to make sure I have some elements are mm-hmm. going to be in the correct position. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, I always start with an underpainting. I usually do a, a sketch first, uh, probably a little bit more detailed than what we, what we did in the class. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but I, it's, it's funny because often I get the question, you know, how long does this take? And <laughs> I, I count my time in sessions. Mm-hmm. Okay? So a session can be a half an hour or it can be five hours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of have this rule that I don't like to do more than five or six sessions yeah. on a painting. But when I'm doing a large painting... Uh, like the ski, seascape that's featured here, mm-hmm. um, you know, it will take you know multiple sessions right. uh, to go. But you know, I don't really measure time in that way. I measure <laughs> so in how many times I have to go back to it. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. I find that remarkable that you do that in such a unique way. Like I've never heard of it that way. Yeah. In I, terms of sessions. <laughs> yeah, because you know I think time flies, right? Oh yeah. And I don't really pay attention to how long I'm at the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a, a certain section or 
certain color maybe that I'm working on, yeah. uh, that I want to complete that mm-hmm. uh, and feel like that's completed to get on to the next stage. Right. And, um, and there are benefits often to, you know, letting the oils dry mm-hmm. a little bit before you get back onto it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So what is the one painting that you can really, um, really just say, like, that you enjoyed the most? I know, I'm sure all, every painting that you've enjoyed, um, but what is one that really hits the nail on the head sure. for you? I love Kids in Water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I did this painting of my niece yeah. uh, who had her arms out when she was probably, um, I don't know, six or seven years old. Oh. And I worked from a photograph, and uh, my sister said she was trying to fly like the seagulls. Oh. So I, I did that painting, um, probably about a year and a half ago. Ah. And it was featured here at the Cliff House. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to enter it into a, a competition. Yeah. But it was sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it was probably the best painting that I did because it really yeah. captured um, her and the essence and really the love of the ocean. You know how kids love oh, yeah. the sea and love the ocean. Definitely. So, so I do a lot of uh, kids in water. That's because awesome. I think, uh, I think it's just... It's a joy that, you know, just yeah. comes through in painting. Oh, of course. Yes. And a lot of people can relate to it in terms of yeah. the life that co- the coastal lifestyle can give to, sure. you know, sure. young ones. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And um, so tell me about, uh, I know you mentioned to me that you had donated some pieces recently. Yes. Um, it was to a fire department in West. Yeah, so I did um, a series. We had a fire, I think it was in 2015, down mm-hmm. by the beach. Um, wow. And I was living in New York City at the time. And I sort of just saw all these photos uh, that were posted in social media. Yeah. And so I wanted to tell the story um, uh, of that fire and the people mm-hmm. that participated in it. I did a series of about, I think, eight paintings. Wow. And, um, you know, they were featured here in, um, I, think the, I think, the year at, or that year, at the end of that year, because I think it was in the spring. Mm-hmm. And um, I had them on display here to really just kind of... In, uh, give a pictorial narrative right. um, of, of what happened. Yeah. And um, after that, I donated some paintings and sold some paintings, but there were two particular paintings that were the Wells Depart- uh, Fire Department yeah. uh, you know, participated in, so I recently donated to them. I've also donated to the uh, Agunquit Museum of Art yeah. uh, and other benefits that are held in Agunquit. And, and I think artists, and I encourage artists to donate uh, paintings, right. uh, because I think it's important to support your community yeah. through your own craft in Maine. Yeah, I could so, see that. You've uh, done a lot of good Yeah, work. so I'm, I, I participate in a- anybody that asks me for a painting. I will yeah. find something. That's great. Now, do you also um, paint scenes in California? Because I know that that's an yeah. your second home is, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I lived in Laguna Beach, which, which is probably just as beautiful as right. southern Maine. It was really <laughs> exquisite. So uh, it different, it, it's funny because um, when you go into a new area, um, you know, you think, palm trees are easy to paint. Well, it took me like five or six times to, to get that down, you know, yeah. but when you have different topography, uh, d- different vegetation, mm-hmm. just different scenes, yeah. um, you know, it becomes challenging as an artist and, and I like sure. that challenge. Yeah. You know, I also painted in New York city while I was living near plein air wow. and, you know, people often say, do you mind me watching? Believe me, in New York City, everybody's watching. Oh, I'm right? sure. Yeah. yeah. In Central Park, I remember trying to find a little corner up against the water that nobody could come to. Right. They still managed to come around and make, you know. So, 
I, I, you know, I, I like when people watch. Good. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. That's so, great. Yeah, you just, you know, so I guess that's some of my training. You know, yeah. for plein air painting, I right. can paint anywhere. I'm just kind of in my zone. Yeah, and know? it doesn't matter if people are looking. I'm sure it's different when it when it comes to. Uh, being interviewed like this, I'm sure it's a little nerve-wracking compared to your painting process. Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to doing um, live voice, right? <laughs> it's a different um, process. It's a different, yeah, but painting, no intimidation at all. You can have a whole group of people. Um, I did some, you know, I can remember one time um, I was painting in, in Italy, in Siena. Yeah. Just in a, in, in a public square, and there was a, uh, a group of, of children. Um, I think they were doing a tour of Siena. And they all gathered around and watched Aww. for like, you know, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But I also, to encourage art, it's funny that, that this came up. I, uh, if children come up to me, mm-hmm. I always have them um, take a brush and put some mark on my painting. Really? And I tell them, I won't touch that mark. Wow. And I've done it in New York. I've done it in Florence, Italy. I've done it here. Um, it's just great because yeah. I want to encourage it to kids. So, yeah. Do, you know. Would you ever consider doing a kids workshop? Yes, I would. I would. I just That'd have to cool. limit, um, you know, how, how would I present that? Because, right. it, you know, my current class is two and a half hours. Right. How do I get that down to maybe right. an hour and a half? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I really like teaching kids. Um, and I like teaching kids because they really just listen and do. Right. right. So they have no other, um, you know, training in the background. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, maybe I'd have to ch- change mediums to maybe acrylic or, or something like that. But, right. yeah, I know I love teaching kids. Yeah, love that's it. great. Yeah. And then for the workshops here at Clip House, so um, do you offer them, like, every week, every day? Yes. Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So my schedule um, through June is going to be uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And mm-hmm. currently they're from 1 to 3.30. Nice. And, um, you know, just as the weather changes, we'll probably put some in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, and I also do semi-private classes for couples. Oh, you know, I was great. able to do someone that got married here. Oh, awesome. Uh, so we worked on paintings together. And then I also teach privately here. That's awesome. So yes. do you have to necessarily be a guest at the resort? To- no, no. You just okay. uh, really, all the information is on the website nice. under things to do uh, yeah. at the Cliff House website. And that's cliffhousemain.com. Okay. And um, you just call reservations and, yeah, and uh, you can just take book. care of it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So the last question I usually wrap up with every interview that I do is why Maine? You know, why start your business, your, you know, art, your workshops here in Maine? And has Maine helped your brand at all? Yes. I think, you know, what I'm doing, which is plein air painting, teaching, and art in general, mm-hmm. um, there was an established, you know, community in Agunquit surrounded by artists. Um, and so I think it's natural for me to, you know, to have my business here yeah. and, um, and share the, the things that I do. Um, I've owned the house uh, in Agunquit for over 25 years. Wow. Uh, it was always a vacation home. And, you know, with my traveling and moving around and my corporate jobs, I wasn't here that often all the time. Yeah. But um, I love it here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it here because of the beauty. And, I mean, at the Cliff House, it's just really incredible views of the ocean. And right. you can see north to Agunquit Beach and, you know, down south. So yeah. it's fantastic. No, I, I think Maine is the perfect fit for any artist. Yeah. especially Southern Maine. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Rick. I Thank greatly you. appreciate it. I thank you so much for ha- being um, my first uh, 
painting workshop because uh, it was a well, great experience. I think you got an A, you got an a by the <laughs> thank way. Thank you. Yes. I get a certificate today, <laughs> <And> guys. A <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you for tuning in to Makers of Maine. And thank you to Rick Della Bernarda for being on this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to see visuals of his beautiful work, please follow the Makers of Maine, soon to be Makers of the USA, Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. I will link Rick's website and social media handles in the notes section of the podcast if you would like to follow along his artist's journey. Now for our future musician is Liz Beebe. Liz's hometown is New Market, New Hampshire. She grew up there as a kid, riding bikes in the neighborhood, getting slush puppies all summer, and sledding down the huge hill in her backyard. Maine was always a second home to her. She grew up on Peaks Island, spending summers with her cousins, hunting for crabs, and closing her eyes tight when they drove through old World War II forts like Battery Steel. She moved to Maine as a teenager when she went to Gold Academy for high school, and now she's back. She came back east along with her husband to start Taco Cat Truck and bring California-style tacos home. Yum. Of course, I will link her website and social media handles in the notes section along with her amazing food truck. I love her new song releases that have been slowly coming out. This is her song, Try It Out, which is very on point with having me try out my first plein air art workshop. Thanks to Rick. Also, Liz um, has worked out of the Great North Sound studio uh, that I had interviewed um, in the previous episode. So you'll have to definitely check out that episode with Sam and the rest of the musicians that I had a part of that series. And I'm so happy to have Liz as a part of this episode with Rick. You can find more information about Liz on the Makers of Maine website because I did a little Q&A with her. Thank you all again and stay safe and healthy.
want to 